Jeff, you don't sound too good. Yeah, because I got COVID. It's, oh, my uh, God. It's bad. Uh, so two weeks into the school year, uh, the first day of the second week on Monday, uh, Jeff, good old Jeff, tested positive for the novel coronavirus. Can you believe it? I, I got, the most surprising thing about this to me, honestly, is I survived the entire time, like almost two and a half years without getting it, including an entire school year last year. So like, I feel like I was dodging bullets for a long time. And then as soon as I step out onto the field this year, right. As soon as I step onto the battlefield, just get riddled with them, you know? No oh boy. We lost Robert again. Did we lose Robert? Well, anyway, yeah. Old Jeff is sick and uh, yeah, we'll have to figure it out. Uh, what's going on with this. And uh, hello, you there? Hello. I w- let's try this. I I guess I connected without a VPN. Okay. So I'm glad. Hey, that- thanks for doing that live on the air. <laughs> no, I was spinning. I don't know if you saw me. I gotta turn myself down again. Yeah. Okay. Hear me coming through your house, but um, no, I was spinning. Like you, oh. we were both our videos were dead. Oh, okay. Cool. On my end, anyway. All right. Well, anyway, uh, yeah. So here we are, uh, Jeff and Robert. We're here. Uh, what's up with you, Robert? Work, um, terribleness, uh, more computer problems. I'm more focused on you having COVID, though. Like, how many times is this for you? This is the first time. I never got No way. Once. Yeah, totally. Like, I was, I was yeah, saying, blessed with COVID um, I, I, I had been, I felt like I was dodging. It's been like two and a half years, right? I felt like mm-hmm. I was dodging bullets for the whole time, just including an entire school year. You've been around them dirty kids and didn't catch it? Unbelievable. I- I mean, I guess. I mean, I did get really sick in May of last year, of of, of actually May of this year, um, where to the point where like I missed like two weeks of school, um, but I never tested positive for COVID, so it might have been some other kind of flu or something like that. But that was it. Um, I don't know. I was supposed to go to Netroots Nation. Uh, I was supposed I to be going I'm to Pittsburgh. Um, shouts out to Layla, Billy, and Bill. Who are out there holding it down? They ran the labor caucus out there. Uh, they were they were kind of the crew I was going up there with, and uh, we did some panel. We were going to do some panels and stuff, but um, they're up there having a good old time. I was supposed to go up there and sit and see some folks and and you know hold down Radio Row, and 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 the whole thing fell to pieces. It all fell apart. The the worst week. I was going to go somewhere for the first time in like two years. You never fell. go anywhere. I never go anywhere. You never go anywhere, my dude. And it got you. I can't got believe me. it. I got got. I got clapped up by the by the Rona. It just it just got me. I wasn't ready. Mm. Once you once you think you have all the uh, questions, I have all the answers. I changed the questions. So I took a test. Like you you text me and told me you came up positive. So I took a we test. We were in the like, studio on Saturday right. last week. Mm-hmm. And so I took a test that day when I got home and. 
it came up positive. So I guess the, I guess having COVID twice and having the vaccine with boosters does work. Wait, wait, it was negative or positive? Yeah, negative, negative. Oh, Did I say positive? positive. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's like that old joke. Have you ever heard? There was some comic back in like that. He's like, I don't know why they call it HIV. Positive. Negative. Yeah. Like, isn't it like, like it's bad, to ha- like not to have it. Like, shouldn't it be HIV positive if you don't have it? Yeah. Some old corny. I, I can't remember. Yeah. I, oh, so I was at, um, I was at my uh, my father-in-law's a couple weeks ago in Philly, mm-hmm. and he was all like, bless his heart. He's just like, hey, do y'all want to watch a comedian? Y'all are like, I like stand-up comedy. And I'm like, sure, Mike, whatever. And he puts on this guy. Um, it's like, I can't even think of who he, like his name. He has a very Italian name, like straight out of Central Casting. And it was this stand-up special from a decade, literally a decade ago. And he had like a rhinestone vest on and tight black jeans. And he was the best way I can describe it. It was so cringy. It was so cringy. It was, it felt like I was watching a bit of a comic doing a, a 2000s comic, okay. a 2010 comic. Like he so was all like, like it felt like what he was going for. Maybe no, it's it a postmodern thing. It felt like Chris Kattan from Saturday night live was pretending to be a stand-up comic (laughs) like have you seen that um uh i want to say bob odenkirk only because i've been watching uh better call Saul, but that's not it have you seen tim heidecker's uh ironic comedy show where he pretends to be he pretends to be an edgy like right-wing comic he pretends to be jim brewer really Okay. So he just comes out. He's just he just makes noises. He's like, he goes like women, you know, like that kind of thing. It's so it's it's the most, dude. You should check it. I think it's like on the whole thing's on YouTube. Comedians have completely lost their minds. They have they've gone completely off the rails. Like like I don't know. Like you mentioned Jim Brewer a minute ago. Like he's doing like straight up right wing comedy, but like there's no jokes. It's just him like yeah making making fart noises. Yeah, (laughs) like women. Like he just did. It's not even a joke. Like that's the actual comedy. (laughs) We'll have to we'll have to watch some of that stuff for our like on Twitch. Uh, when we when we do our Twitch stream. Oh my yeah. god. It's so it, it it makes me cry. And I'll find that comedian too so we can compare him. He's like he was so cringy. That's, he, that's even like where and and again like like Dave Chappelle was like one of the greatest comedians of all time, but like like when he starts like complaining about trans people and calling it content it's just like that's not even comedy, you know? Oh man, like Dave Chappelle is an interesting case of why just, you know, it's better to burn out than to fade away. Yeah. Like old Dave Chappelle, if Dave Chappelle, like a T-1000 Terminator could go back in time or go forward in time. If old Dave Chappelle could go forward in time, he would just punch his Dave old Chappelle. self right in the face. Yeah. It was like, how are you this guy? Um, but yeah, it's funny. You say that like comedies, comedians have lost their mind. Do you think, Jim like Brewer is gone. Has lost his mind. He's gone well, like totally off the rails. Right. That's now. the thing, though. I think that a guy like Jim Brewer was never funny. No, he never was. He was funny. never funny. Like, What's never... his claim to fame? He was hanging out with Chappelle and did yeah, and did, did half baked, half baked, and he was Goat Boy. He was Goat with... Boy on Saturday Night Live. He had like he had like a show. Didn't he have a show on like uh, MTV? I don't know. I think everybody had a show at one point. Yeah, in like the 90s, like everybody had a show on MTV. Everybody had a show. 
like they, there was a platypus man on UPN and they were just giving stand-up comic shows left and right. I think after after that snitch, um Tim Allen had success doing uh, home improvement. They were just like, Oh, we can pay comedians yeah. on the cheap and if one of these shows stick, then we'll we'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. Just get a TV show. Just get a TV show. Get made, and then you could be a conservative now. Your audience is automatically changed because you're in the in the house of millions of people who don't who don't like watch cable and are like using this as their gateway into the world. I just think it's funny though because to just go back to what I said or to drive the point home, it kind of sticks in my craw when you say like, "Oh, people have lost their mind." I'm like, I think that people we're talking about were never funny. Yeah, like so. you know, I know he's dead. You well, don't speak ill of the dead or whatever. But like Norm Macdonald was not funny. Yeah, never was. What's his claim that he did? He did Weekend Update, which is the weakest part of Saturday Night Live. <laughs> and he something. did um, the Man Show. He did do the Man Show with cool, Jimmy cool. No, that was Adam Carolla. That wasn't Norm Macdonald. Oh uh, no, aren't they not the same so guys? Easy. Those two guys. Wait are a so minute. Are up. they it not was, the same? I know they're not the same guys, but in my mind, they're the same guys. That I'm was Adam Carolla. Right oh my God. You're so right. <laughs> you're so right. So I just, okay, there's Norm McDonald. I just brought, brought his face up. And then Adam. Was, Norm McDonald was in a lot of those um, Adam Sandler movies. Like he was like one of the stoner friends or whatever Dude, in Happy Gilmore. Norm McDonald looks just like Adam Carolla. They look, they're almost the same guy. They're the They're same almost guy. Almost the exact same guy. He faked his death. He faked his death and like continued insurance. his career as Adam Carolla. That's he was just pulling double duty for too long. No way. No way. <laughs> I, I. Oh my god! I'm so sorry, y'all who are screaming at the radio, screaming at your, at your at your iPad, listening to this, going, "What is this idiot talking about?" I'm literally looking at their faces. This is the same person. No way. But yeah, Norm McDonald wasn't funny either, though. Again, weakest part of the show, weekend update. Yeah. The weakest part. Like, it just has a trail of just like, oh, well, what do we do with this guy with a monotone voice? We'll throw him on weekend update. Can't get any worse. Um, better hit. than Colin Quinn. Colin Quinn, <laughs> the guy who, um, what's his face, who uh, he also lost his mind and they threw him. Remember he had the one year gig for Monday Night Football and it was super lame. Dennis Miller. Oh Dennis my god. Miller. Yeah, Dennis Miller. Like now it's like Che Guevara or whatever. Che for Guevara. all your boom. Yeah, like whoever does um weekend update now, it literally is. It's like oh, Michael, Michael Che. Che. Thank Michael you. Che Michael Che, who's like also really annoying on Twitter too. Really? Yeah. I don't follow I don't follow it. I yeah, don't, he, I don't he follow. Just that. like does a lot of like liberal finger waggy stuff. Oh, so that's where we're at now. They're just <laughs> the libs have taken Ooh. over. <laughs> Saturday Night Live. <laughs> Why is it that show canceled? Who's watching that? Who, it's, like, it's like legacy media. Like it's, it's uncancelable. Like as long as Lauren McDonald's alive, they're never going to cancel it because like he's the I, guy who made it. Like whatever. Or it could be just a way to like get people to pay for. Um, Second city uh, enrollment, maybe like that. that it's, it's yeah, it's a hustle. Be like, you could be on, you could be in the writers' room for Saturday Night Live. At least it's like an old time hustle, like a, an old school hustle, as opposed to like NFTs, right? Mm-hmm. Like at least it's a hustle where there's a service provided. I mean, I don't want to completely knock it because there was obviously like 
good people that came through it. You know, Richard Pryor. Um, I mean, just the names. You know, D. Martin, Martin Short, um, Chris Rock. Just trying to think of people who are like. No, I'm just thinking Saturday Night Live. Oh, oh, oh. my Rudolph. It's funny. Is she funny? Yeah, she is. She's funny. I like. Um, she's funny and a good actress. I like. Um, Chris Rock is the claim to fame. That's on the there right one. now, I like uh, Keenan is obviously really cool. And what's her face? Not Molly. Like Molly Shannon's cool, but I'm thinking of the other Molly Shannon. Whatever the other Molly is. Shannon. What does that even mean? Whatever her name is, that's on there now. Um, you know the lady. Let's see SNL. I'll never this forget. This is great having Google right in front of me. We do this at home. Yeah. Good oh, Kate McKinnon's. I love Kate McKinnon, except that she dated she Barry Weiss. She was Hillary, right? Yeah. No, she was Elizabeth Warren. She was Hillary, too. I think like, she was like, after the uh, she was both? after the Trump, um, like after Trump got elected in 2016, well, they had some kind of like tearful, like not even trying to be funny, I like know. really super cringe. Um uh, like Eye of the Tiger video or something like that. It was really know. wild. Well, I used to be really into Kate McKinnon. Like I had a crush on her, even though she's um, she's a lesbian. Uh, but she also dated um, she dated Barry Weiss. So uh, yeah, you're, dead, big you're dead to me. <laughs> you are super dead. That's to me. That's a good way to. That's a good way to just like burn through any goodwill oh that just just... start dating barry (laughs) oh that just killed my that killed my crush that was never gonna happen did you hear about this like university of like phoenix arizona that barry weiss is doing now? no please tell me but i just want to get this off um 80 bryant that's who i was thinking of she Uh has big molly shannon energy i don't know who that is um you would know if you saw her i'm trying to think of other things she's been in um, let's look at her Wikipedia real quick, but keep that, uh, what you're talking about the, the, I want to talk about Barry Weiss cause she sucks a lot. Um, let's see. What has AD Bryant been in? She was in kids. No. I'm trying to think of stuff you'd seen her in. Um, she I don't was, know who this person is. Um, she was on Portlandia a lot. She was in documentary now. I've heard of Portlandia. Never Comedy bang, bang. I don't know what movie. I she was not in kids like the kids that I'm thinking of. There's no way, but she really hasn't been in that much to be honest. There's no way she was in kids though. No, because that was 2014. Kids was out in like 2000. No, kids was like we used to watch that VHS in high school. So that was 1997. That movie was wild. <laughs> I mean that movie. If you show kids now that, like, if you show actual kids, they're like, "Oh, watch kids. This movie's crazy." Like, people would be like, kids would be like, "What? Like, this is nothing." But back in the day, back in like 1997, that was. I remember that was that movie. There was like talk about it. It almost got rated X, uh-huh. like by the MPAA, because they thought it was a documentary Mm-mm. about like crazy New York kids, but it was a movie. It had um everybody's indie crush. Um not I don't want to say Chloe Kardashian, that's not right. Chloe Savegne. Okay. And then it had um who's the who's the lady who used to date um that liberal jerk in New York? What liberal jerk? There's a lot of liberal jerks in New York. I know. Who is who's the Star Wars lady now? The Star Wars lady? Yeah, who was in rent and also the Star Wars lady? 
I don't know who she dated the um the vegan guy from New York. I got nothing, bro. I got nothing. Dude, you know, come on. This is like we can't go on match game. Like we can't go on the newlywed game because <laughs> I don't you know suck. You suck at reading my mind. Um, <laughs> what was his name? Cor- was, I want to say Corey Bush, and that's not right. Obviously, Corey Booker. Cory Booker, yeah. I thought about Rosario Dawson. Yeah, she was like twelve years old in that movie. Oh, it's okay. real creepy. Yeah, it's yeah, creepier. I remember, I remember you told me the story of Rosario Dawson oh, when she that was, was on the Bernie Sanders campaign. Days. When you saw her, just like instantly, like liberal, take the black pill. Oh yeah, because everybody was yelling at her. Like Can she you had run that a... down, run it down. Well, down. so Bernie, <laughs> this is so silly. This is like twenty sixteen, right? Yeah. So we're at the convention. And Bernie's like making his announcement to just, you had to be a delegate to be in the room. And so Bernie's like, oh, you know, pretty much, I want to thank him everybody. like saying, breaking the news to the crowd. Yeah, the I want to thank like, everybody. But up. obviously, uh, if you um, if you got on the plane and came here, uh, you might have heard we didn't have the delegates. Uh-huh. Uh, so uh, I want to thank everybody for showing up. But uh, you, knew, you knew what a boo. <laughs> and then Killer Mike is like, hey, y'all, just chill. Chill for a minute. Chill for It was so That's dumb. Awesome. And then Rosario Dawson came out and tried to like be like, okay, we got to keep fire. Boo. Boo. I was like, what did you expect, Bernie? Like, that was the dumbest. I don't know what people who came to that. Could... I don't know. This is one of those things where the left kind of loses its mind. Like, we were participating in... The democratic process that is the democratic party like what did you did you think we were gonna do the tennis court convention? no i'm just saying did you think that we were going to do the tennis court convention and like the the french revolution did you think <laughs> we we're the jacobins and we were just gonna all just take over like mm-hmm. did, no that was never gonna happen we were coming we were coming up there to like be like oh this is our guy um we took it this far you need our votes hillary So this is a whole block as much as you can actually like actually leveraged in this entire process, which ended up not being anything. It actually ended up not uh, not being anything, and we got Tim Kaine for a VP pick, which was Tim Kaine in the membrane. What was wonderful, let me tell you. Um, but no, I had I had a lot I had a lot of good times there, and I met Rosara Dawson and Killer Mike, who also turned out to be. Don't meet your heroes, folks. Oh, he's bad? Oh, I hate Killer Mike, dude. Why do you hate Killer Mike? So here's my thing with Killer Mike. So listen to Run the Jewels and then listen to his talks when he's not. Because you can't even say this is just entertainment. He'll talk about gun ownership. He'll talk about, you know, you got to be ready because the, you know, people aren't police are savages and we got to do we got to do our own thing and we got to you know prepare for some kind like there might be a revolutionary action or whatever whatever and he's talking real greasy killer mike owns businesses in atlanta yeah so as soon as the protests started running up against when they were burning atlanta to the ground for the second time righteously um, started running up against his his barbershop and his barbecue business and all that. He's out there with the mayor going, "Y'all need to, y'all need to calm down and like all let's sudden, all hold hands." What we need to do is is get get your little monies together and open a, a all black bank. Oh, and no. I'm like, he did Come a show on, on that. Dog, get out of here with that. 
He did and a I'm show like, on that. Yeah. So as soon as it started to threaten his capital, mm-hmm. it started as soon as the uprising started to threaten his capital, all of a sudden the chain and the fist went away. And run the jewel. He was like, "No, nah, run the jewels is just that's entertainment. That's that's fantasy in Minecraft. Run the jewels in Minecraft, in not in real life." I'm like, "Man, I ain't trying to hear all that, Killer Mike. Get out of here with that." Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, that was silly. Um, I ha- I have. It's funny because I um, I know a kid from. I say a kid. We're all old men now, but I know a guy from uh, high school who's he's a liberal and. He's um he's also queer and we kind of like we, we don't talk all the time but we'll post stuff on Facebook back and forth when I knew each other in high school and I was like man kill a mic I was like that dude's a fraud that dude's all cap and he was just like oh you and he posted he's a liberal he's like oh you didn't know he's like you didn't know he's like that dude was running game the whole time he's like he's really not about this and I'm like are you about this and like we kind of got it I'm like you're I'm like, there's hope for you. You're a liberal, but you're okay. You're about this. I'm like, all right. So we got stuff to talk about. But um, yeah, I'm no fan of Rosario Dawson nor Killer Mike. But Rosario Dawson was in Kids. It's a it's a real weird movie. Um, feels like you're watching virtual reality without the glasses. Her being in the Kids is creepier. It's a creepier performance by a child than um, what's her face from in, in the professional you know what i'm thinking uh, i can't remember who the, what her name is but i know uh, no i don't know you, everybody knows i just can't think of anybody my brain is so fried from the world i'm the one that's got covid like you're supposed to be the <laughs> you're supposed to be carrying the show so today man for carrying i can't I, I can't carry i can't carry a lunch pail today i am <laughs> not of it all right, you ready for? Uh, yeah, I want to hear about this. You ready for University of Austin ATX? Absolutely. Awesome. So this is like an, a university, like an anti woke. This is from Gawker. I'll just read straight from here. Um, Natalie Portman. That's what I'm thinking of. Natalie Portman. All right, uh, Gawker. The university of Austin, the unaccredited anti woke university, launched last November via Barry Weiss's Substack, not to be confused with the actual institutional uh, learning at the University of Austin, uh, Texas at Austin, uh, officially has students, approximately 80 of them, working away on their unofficial certificates from June 13th to 24th. So, like a two week, like a 10 day program, 11 day program. Mm-mm. The school was the brainchild of a small group of centrists, intellectual dark web affiliates, and real-time with Bill Maher roundtable regulars, <laughs> including historian Niall Ferguson, Barry Weiss herself, Atlantic contributor and former American Enterprise Institute president Arthur C. Brooks, Palantir co-founder Joe Lonsdale, and evolutionary biologist Heather Hying, who resigned from Evergreen State University in 2017, over her husband's pushback against an equity initiative that led to campus-wide protests. So, <laughs> so bunch, basically, like a bunch of like anti-woke intellectual dark web web freaks, and like Neil Ferguson, who literally basically does like Nazi apologia, you know, in my opinion, uh, in his in his history, uh, in his sort of like interpretations of history. Um, is is <laughs> is running this like fake unaccredited college that's like teaching the dangerous knowledge of the world? It's incredible. I love it. It's just like 
It's another. I mean, like like we meant. You mentioned the the the, the grift of of like Second City, the possible grift of Second City for through Saturday Night Live or whatever. Like this is the exact same thing, just like done through academia, or like it's just like NFTs. You know, way to tie the nonsense together. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Can you can you name any company that's like? Named itself, you know exactly what's up when you name your company Palantir. Yeah, it's like, like it's like name your company Death Star or I don't know, Harkonnen Incorporated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's like your your name. It's like chaos from you know the the the, the Get Smart show. <laughs> like you're just making your thing as sound as evil as possible. Yeah, that's um. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. UATX claims to pl- uh, pl- uh, plans to seek accreditation, but until until they are um, now offering a postgraduate fellowship for the fall, they seem to be planning a quote undergraduate curriculum for some point in the future, which will include a two-year thesis-like project called interchangeably a North Star or Polaris project. For that, the site suggests students might quote compose a symphony in honor of lost languages or develop a white paper for new cryptocurrency that solves a technological problem in the finance industry. <laughs> no, no, no. This is all, this is all bad news. This is all bad. It's all bad news. It's, it's incredible. And like one of the most, okay. So here's the, uh, I'm looking at the, um, the sort of like founding trustees. You got, Pano Canales, the former president of John, this is like some right wing guy. Neil Ferguson, historian and Hoover Institute, uh, the Hoover Institution uh, at Stanford. Barry Weiss, Heather Hying, and the Palantir guy. <laughs> That's who's like coming up with this. I'm like fascinated by this entire thing. Our principles. Our mm-hmm. uh, university is devoted to the unfettered pursuit of truth are the cornerstone of a free and flourishing democratic society. For universities to serve their purpose, they must be fully committed to freedom of inquiry, freedom of conscience, and civil discourse. I mean, I don't know about you, but I didn't see any leftists on that uh, any leftists on that um, that list of, of founders. Like, you want to have a full free, like, freedom of inquiry, freedom, like, full broad scale um, analysis here? No, 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 no. That's not the whole point. The point is to pretend that you're doing that, right? Absolutely. Forbidden courses. That's what the that's what the thing is called. The forbidden courses. Forbidden. Oh, this is the new. This is the intellectual dark web. Just this is the intellectual dark web. Yeah, absolutely. The forbidden courses summer program brings together undergraduates to cultivate the habits of civil discourse in discussion-based seminars and practical workshops. Students will discuss and debate the most vexing questions of our time. It's awesome. It's so whack, dude. Um, yeah. So Barry Weiss um, sucks. I feel like she kind of threw in her lot with like in the same kind of Jordan Peterson, Milo Yiannopoulos. And I feel like the only person that's come out from that to still do okay from that, like, inter- like you take the intellectual dark web, Sinister Six or whatever, and I, I you know, super villain team legion of doom i think the only person kind of still standing not that these people are like starving in the street but the only person that seemed not as a joke by the general public is joe rogan 
like yeah, from he was from like the, one people foot in, one foot out. He was like a facilitator of that stuff. Mm-hmm. He was never like a thought leader or anything. He was like the guy. He was a guy that had the platform that entertains these people. If you know what I mean. Like he's never been like he wouldn't even say himself that he's like a thought leader or anything. He's just the guy that like gets high and like listens think, and like listens to these people say all their stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's awful. Um, yeah. I have a story for you that I just thought of off okay. the top of my head. This is breaking news, folks, because we were talking about this at work. So I'll set the stage. This is the Good Morning Comrade Entertainment Corner. Do you uh, watch the streaming shows? What Do you watch the apps? Shows? Do you watch the Disney Plus? Uh, I've not watched the Disney Plus in a while. So I'm there's lying. a She-Hulk show that aired yesterday. One of like my favorite just... comics. Yeah, me too. I like she. Like I was having this discussion. I used to, I used to pick that one up in, the, in like the Peter David era and stuff like that. One of the Peter David eras. Like I. Uh, I was having this discussion with um, guys at work who are like comic book kind of pop culture guys, the kind of guys that like Funko pops and they're like, <laughs> and, you know, on their desk. And I'm like, like, man, she looks trash. I don't understand why they, you know, they want to put that out. It's like the, serious? the, uh, the liberal, like, uh, you know, they want to always want to do some, something feminine or whatever. And I said, man, no, she Hulk rules. And here's why is because one of the funniest comic book characters of all time. The idea of it's not the idea of what makes her cool is like it's not her powers. It's that she can't turn. She's a big green woman and she can't turn back into like a normal woman like the Hulk can. So she just has to live like that. And she's an attorney. Yeah. So that's like her first thing is she has to like find, you know, stuff to wear to go to court. And it's like funny. And she fleshes out the rest of the Marvel Universe because she makes the Marvel universe seem real, like an actual lived in place. And so she can like be in a lot of places to where like, Oh, well what happens when, you know, you fight the bad guys, but there's a bunch of collateral damage and the city's trying to sue Spider-Man over, you know, fighting in the street with um, Dr. Octopus and Spider-Man like destroyed a building. Yeah. And he had, she- you know, who's, who's going to defend him in, in civil court. And it's going to be she kind of stole the Harvey Birdman attorney at law uh, gimmick. Remember that? Show? Yeah, absolutely. They stole that from She-Hulk, essentially. They well, basically took She-Hulk's idea and just put it on like Hanna-Barbera cartoons from the 1930s or 1950s or whatever. Right? Yeah, absolutely. No, that's I never thought about that, but I will co-sign on that. I will go to the wall with you on that and say that is accurate. The reason why I'm bringing it up in this context for the show is that so I saw the trailer for this thing and I was like interesting premise I like She-Hulk uh, I hope this is good this seems written fine you know I already have Disney Plus I'll watch it but my thing is why does this look like trash like why does this look already dated it just it, it the show looks bad and I mean bad I mean visually bad and it looks like they're doing CG from almost a decade ago. The from, remember the Hulk movie in like 2002, like Ang Lee uh, Hulk. Yeah, Ang Lee Hulk, like with, with just like the really bad CGI. That's yeah, kind of looked like it. Kind of looks like that. And my first thought is that my first thought is that the, it looks bad because you're really putting a CG character. If you're going to do her CG, 
then you're putting her against a real world background and then like the uncanny valley steps in because yeah. your your eyes looking at this non this thing that your brain knows isn't real and it breaks down the illusion really quick and that's yeah. what and, i thought and, and i was the like thing with like the hulk is like he can smash something up really fast and easy yes i see any human beings who want the blurs yes like the hulk's Hulk, not in a like, sitcom which yeah. is what this is. It's a sick. She Hulk, she has to be like in court, like making a case to a judge with like humans yes. around her. Yes. <laughs> yes. So that was my thought of, oh, that's why this looks bad. But it still didn't sit right with me. I was like, this just doesn't, it just doesn't look good at all. It just looks really bad. And I did a little digging and I found out that the visual effects creators, the people who do the CG, are underpaid and 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 had their work like rushed they had crunch by disney and that's why it looks like trash and so i'm gonna read you this thing from polygon i just pulled something up real quick she hulk's creators and star voice support for visual effects unions over rushed work um she hulk star tatiana mosley uh series creator jessica gao and producer Kat Corio have spoken out about CGI criticisms levied at the show. So I wasn't the only one who thought this as well as their own concerns over the treatment of visual effects workers. The trio's co uh, commitments on the issues came during She-Hulk's panel at the television critics Awards summer press tour on Wednesday. The dateline on this is August 3rd. So this was a couple weeks ago. Mm -hmm. Over the last uh, several weeks, several stories have come out from the visual effects house and their employees accusing Disney of being particularly difficult to work with. According to stories, Disney often creates bidding wars on its projects, driving prices lower, lower thanks to its size and power in the industry. This leads to smaller teams on each project, increasing the demand for working hours. On top of that, Disney also frequently demands changes extremely late in the process, which causes artists to work even worse hours, the anonymous employees say. That's like a double crunch. Mm-hmm. And I quote, I feel incredibly differential to how, these, how talented these artists are and how quickly they have to work. Obviously much quicker than should be given to them. Masley Maslany said during the TCA panel, I know there's lots of eyes on the CG and critique or whatever. I do think uh, we have to be super uh, conscious of uh, how work conditions aren't always optimal and that they've made these amazing strides in the industry and the tech. I watch it and I see thoughts, you know, it doesn't, excuse me. I watch it and I see thoughts, you know, it doesn't look like a cutscene from a video game. And we stand in solidarity with what they say," said yeah. Coriel. "The truth is, what we're uh, the truth is, we work with them, but we're not behind the scenes on these long days and nights. So if they're feeling pressure, we stand with them, and we listen to them. Yeah. In the face of these conditions, many visual effects houses and studios have begun to attempt to unionize, giving artists and employees more collective power to help guide their studios and demand higher, more fair prices from Marvel." It's just a massive undertaking to have a show of this scale where the main character is CG. It's very overwhelming and a ginormous thing to take on. And it's terrible that a lot of artists feel rushed and feel the workload is too massive, Gao said. I think everybody on this panel stands in solidarity with all the workers. It is very pro-good working conditions. Nice. Pro-union, Masley said. Malay I can't say her with her name. Maslany said. Maslany? Yeah. She-Hulk has gotten backlash for its CGI after the release of its trailer so far, including one last month at Marvel's Ciendo, uh, Ciendo, San Diego Comic-Con panel. 
She-Hulk's <laughs> release date was also uh, delayed by a day with a quiet announcement on Wednesday that via the official Disney Plus app later for August. So I just thought that was super interesting that like, yeah, I was like, this looks like trash. And there was a good reason it looks like trash. It's because Disney just farms this stuff out like all these companies do to the video games do this all the time to the lowest possible bidder. And then that company puts the huge crunch on their employees. And so they literally can't perform the renders. They can't go over the renders that they want. And then it comes out looking bad and everybody is home life balance is destroyed and nobody's happy. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, that's, that's really like the other thing too, is that like Disney will be like, Hey, we pay our workers $15 an hour or whatever. What they don't say is that we contract, we contract out with companies that don't we'll contract out to somewhere in, you know, you know, Malaysia or something like that, yeah. that has a, uh, uh, worse working conditions that are here that that you know will often you know be a um, be a CGI company you know startup or whatever. Uh, it it kind of reminds me of I mean maybe it's not fair but like it kind of reminds me of um, like when everybody like gets mad about like motherboards being made in China and like having the suicide netting and stuff like that. Uh-huh. Like it's not that different. I mean the same same. No, uh, that's exactly the thing. The yeah, thing. a lot of these. A lot of these tech jobs, especially we had the whole, I mean, I got caught up in it, the whole uh, learn to code craze. Mm-hmm. Well, a lot oh, you of had a learn tech... to code phase? Oh, yeah. I, I was trying to learn C, um, C++ and Python and JavaScript. Old stuff too, huh? Yeah, it's like JavaScript, Python, and C++. But um, yeah, everybody was like, learn to code, learn to code, learn to code. And these jobs at their very best lead to these virtual sweatshops. Where you're just you're a code monkey and you're just cranking out code and nobody cares like with little to no benefits and you're overworked and you're underpaid and nobody cares about the working conditions. Yeah. And you're just you're in a you're in a sweatshop. And and speaking of, by the way, remember like during that phase when everybody did when it was everybody like learn to code, you'll make so much money, you're gonna like be set for life if you learn to code. Well, when you start making enough money when when people in america like well first off you're getting you're like flooding the market with workers right you're just putting so many workers into that market to the point where they're going to be fighting there's not enough jobs for all those people to get the work and then when you finally do get a little bit of level of organization and the pay starts to tick up companies start looking at that and is like oh no 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 that is too much of our that's too much of our bottom line we need to chop those jobs off ship them away and all those workers that were that learned how to code they did what they were supposed to do are just like stuck out there with their hands in the air being like well, that's what do we do that's now? even if you that's you're assuming a lot there jeff you're assuming that you even have a job where you're an employee and you're not just doing uh contract work where you're yeah. just this like digital you're this digital guy traveling the you know the dust bowl Mm -hmm. like just moving from from digital job to job uh, doing doing contract work with no no benefits no no insurance no nothing you get contracted out for one job and then you go and you cut loose and then they keep contacting you back it's almost like they they, i'm surprised that they didn't have a uber for coders honestly like companies would just have an uber where they would just like dial somebody up they might they might exist actually just like a you know like a task rabbit for coders or something i mean i don't know 
I'm sure that exists. It has to. It has to. Where you can just bid. Somebody's like, oh, I can do that job. And it's just it's just coders, um, software engineers just underbidding each other. Yeah, just undercutting one another. Yeah. It's like a, a true race to the bottom type thing. And it's, nothing is going to happen with that unless unfortunately i mean i mean it's not unfortunate just the natural thing you got to get organized on these sorts of things and um like the competition like like what we were talking about there is the whole crabs in a bucket thing you know that is literally what what the capitalist system incentivizes people do to just rip the other one down to climb over the back of them to get out and it never happens you never get out of the bucket (laughs) you never get out of the bucket no not not at all um Again, like, man, I just feel so super fortunate to have have the job I have. Um, I just can't imagine. I, I'm not a things happen for a reason guy because that that's a really when you start really exploring famous. that, that's a dark path to be like uh, no. But it, just the the things that that means everything didn't, that's bad happens for a reason. Absolutely, but the things that didn't work out for me, like that loan, like getting swept up into everybody should code garbage that thank God that didn't work out for me because so many of those people are stuck because they've dumped so much time and effort and energy and they're literally learning new languages. And now again, it's a race to the bottom and their, their labor, their super important, super intense labor, which literally touches everything we do. Like we're, you know, we're on three different platforms and, and trying to do this show away from the studio and, literally and it's all it's all just held together by spaghetti code man like a human being did that yeah a human being put it all together and those people are not getting paid they're not getting what's they're not getting what's worth especially when you've got a a lot of these software programs like i'm kind of going on a rant here but uh and you can be like well you know how much is you know if 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 I, if I program something and the you know I'm I I'm the selling the software if somebody programs something for me and I'm selling the software then I can only pay you know how much the free market will bear and and, and how my you know how much I can sell it for but like a lot of these software programs a lot of these are tell our cell phones these quote unquote free apps free software they're selling our data so they're making money off the even the, the ones that do, even the ones that do charge still make money off the front end and the back end. Like we were complaining, I was complaining the other day um, that my hard drive was acting goofy. So I was just like, okay, I'm just going to install Windows. And I was like, how much, Michael, how much can Windows be? A dollar, $10? No, it's like 200 bucks. It's like $150. Yeah. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to definitely just download this. And so I just downloaded a copy from an old computer, transferred to my new hard drive, whatever. But the whole time I'm thinking, even if I just went to Best Buy and bought this thing off the shelf, bought the the memory stick, Microsoft takes $150 of my money for something that they're going to sell my data from anyway. Yeah, that's wild. And all the time, and all that time, there's some coder behind the scenes holding this whole thing together doing security patches, doing updates, you know, every time my computer's like, Hey, we got to install update. And because we found some new security hole, we got a patch and your computer's going to shut down in three hours and blah, blah, blah. Right. Like that that's was a human, that's a human being behind that. Like not getting paid what they're worth. 
Yeah, that's why in my heart I want to be a Linux nerd, but it just doesn't. It's not as no. it's not broad reaching enough. But like the the idea of Linux does like that that hits with me. You know, the fact that it's based on a community and and designed to not necessarily run for profit. Sure, but I there's a time to tinker and there's a time where I just need no, you need it to, to work. work. You need it to and work. And I, I just don't want to tinker. So I want to come home. I'm at a stage in my life where I want to come home. I want to press the button and my computer boots. Yeah. And I know it's going to boot within. So it's it's Windows or bust, man. Yeah. Well, that's my Microsoft commercial. It's Windows or bust. <laughs> we tried everything else, man. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Not a hashtag ad. We can't do hashtag ads on on radio. <laughs> I just told you I pirated Windows. I don't think that's an ad. Yeah. I just told you I just literally just stole a copy from the internet and just yeah. no. You didn't steal it. I stole it, which I have no I I have what? Like again, let's talk about this for a second. Let's talk about software piracy for a second. If you're if you're stealing something, there's a whole debate to be had about software piracy. And piracy in general is like, you know, is it stealing? Is it theft? Do goods actually change hands? Like, how can you steal ones and zeros, digital information, whatever? But going back to Windows, going back to like Adobe uh, Suite or Windows, you want to charge me for money and you want to sell my data? You want me to be the consumer and the product? Pick one. No. Pick one or the other. If you if you want me to be the product and you want to give my data away, by all means, go for it. But you need to give me you need to give me the end user thing for free. I mean, really, you just need to be Facebook. Like Facebook's trash, but like they at least don't charge me to use their platform. Like I'm not again. I don't understand. They have the, annoying the, ads. They steal all of your data and all this other stuff. But, but so does Microsoft Windows. Yeah. Any so app you use other than like Sigma. They're selling your data, so I don't understand how in your right mind... Again, pick one. You want me to be the product, or do you want me to... Or, or do you want me to be the consumer? Mm-hmm. I'm not going to be both. Yeah. There was an article I was looking for not long ago um, that was talking about the same kind of context, but it was for like WWE. Like, there's an ethical way to watch WWE wrestling... But like the really? only way to do it ethically is to steal it. <laughs> no, that's interesting. Eating. I don't understand. Like, how how did that logic work? If you can remember it, um, because basically, it, like giving money to the I, I, I don't really it, it doesn't really jive with me necessarily because like I'm not looking for ethical th- consumption or capitalism. Sure, capitalism. If you know what I mean. I um, mean, I'm more interested in. I mean, I'll just put you on the spot on something, but I'm more interested in their defense it of it because um, how are you? How how am I? If I'm not giving to the if I'm how how am I ethically watching it? If I'm not giving money to the company, but then how do they pay their workers at the end of the day? Because they have enough money to do it. I understand they have enough money to do it, but they have enough money to do it because people have paid in the past. Uh huh. Yeah. So um, I, I yeah I, I don't have the uh, article in front of me, um, but but that was sort of an argument that was made. Mm-hmm. I don't even necessarily endorse it. I mean, like I'm. I don't care if you if you're gonna watch like content as long as it, like like my oh I definitely don't is, care I'm just interested my in whole thing is like don't steal from small content creators is my kind of point mm-hmm. and like even if even if somebody like if we had a Patreon and somebody started passing it around um, I don't first off I don't um, if we had like a secret stream or whatever where we would only do it to patrons and like that got out and it got popular or whatever that's good 
Like we need right right now. What we would need is exposure if we wanted this thing to take off. Not right. like the 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 thing we don't before we get anything before we could do any kind of like could do any kind of monetization would be we need to have enough people watching and listening to, to make that happen. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, there's a whole debate to be had about that. If you want to talk about that for the last what 15 minutes, is that I was actually having this discussion with somebody. So let's say I download a video game. Mm-hmm. And if I download, if I steal that video game, if I pirate the video game and I end up like loving it, I end up liking it enough to complete the game. Then I think that I think that you've stolen something because you liked it enough to complete it. So you, you would have purchased that thing if you knew the enjoyment it was going to give you from the get go. So at that point, if you've done that, you should just purchase the retail copy. Which most after, people would you, definitely do. Already, eh, I don't think most. I think I, I don't think most. I think some. See, this is where it gets tricky, mm-hmm. because I don't think most people would do that. I think it's a very small percentage, but I think that small percentage is a group of people who would have never bought the game anyway. Right. So now you're talking about you've gotten sales that you wouldn't have gotten anyway without them pirating it. Correct. Um. And plus, they like, might tell their friend this game's great. That right. friend might not feel comfortable stealing or buy, uh, pirating it or whatever. So, like, 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 there's something to be said about, like, if, like, I have this goes. This is that. an old conversation too. Like, this goes all the way back to Napster and like Lars like from it, Metallica. And the argument that Lars made, and like, it got kind of like, and, and I'm not even, I don't even agree with him necessarily, but like, he got vilified for it. And, like, I'm not even making the case that he's, like, a good guy or anything. Mm-hmm. But, like, the case that he made was that, like, oh, you're stealing our music. That's our art. And, like, that's – that's if you're, stealing from, if you're stealing from the record companies, you're stealing from us. And, like, that's not – that, like it, that's not even true because like they play that stuff on the radio for free. It's, and, like, if you can get access to that music, you're more likely to buy it. It's not true, but – the logic is still sound because okay you mean, you mean a large logic yeah it's not true because that's not how people got got paid they sure. didn't they get paid they didn't get paid in the record industry by how many they got advances and then the record industry makes the money they can make they got they get a contract that money's gone it's spent mm-hmm. and then they make and the record industry is getting the money that they can make off of the record off of the record sales Right. Um, now, if they have something where uh, if you sell over whatever, some writer that says if you sell whatever, then if we if we move, then you get a cut of that. That's you know here nor there. But it's usually, a number so high that only so the, few people get it. The artists get a cut. I mean, the artists get an advance straight up, and that's the only money they ever see. That's why they get mad about like getting locked into these multi uh, album deals. That's why Prince changed his name to try to get out of his Sony contract. Because, because they give he, you this big old bag of money on the front end. Right. And then they own your ass right. on the back end. So that's technically – so what he said was technically not true. But the point where I think where it's stealing is you went out and you actively looked for that Metallica. And I'm going to say how this is different from video games. Okay. You went out and you you wanted that that awful album, Some Kind of Monster. You wanted that. <laughs> so you downloaded it. Where – if you can say like, and there's already a demo on, on, not online, but on back in the day with the radio. So, you know, one or two songs in the album already mm-hmm. and you, and then even, you know, back in the day, you could go to Sam Goody store or whatever 
and they a lot of these places would have like a listening station where they would have like the the latest releases and you could just listen to them uh right then and there so with that being said you guided your internet connection to bear share napster kazaa whatever to wow, find wow. that yeah, LimeWire. If you to find LinkinPark.exe. <laughs> you guided your internet connection to find that BitTorrent because you already knew you wanted it. You already knew what was on there, and you knew you liked it. Now, the re- how that differs with video games, if you and this is where it gets into like the individ- the psyche of the 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 pirater. If you were like, hey, this game is is out. I know I want this game. This game looks sick. I just don't want to spend $60 on it. You are now, you stole it because that is a sale that they would have gotten from you. If torrenting piracy did not exist. Now, if you're just like, Oh, what is this? This looks okay. I saw a, a guy play this on Twitch for a couple minutes. Oh, there's a torrent for it. I never thought about it before. I saw a couple minute video for it on Twitch or YouTube or whatever. I never thought about this game before, but I I will download this. And if you download it and you loved it and you played it to completion, you've also stolen and now you should buy it. But if you downloaded the game, just having the file on there on your computer, and let's say you play it for an hour and you go, this is the worst piece of garbage I've ever played in my life. And then you just delete it. Did you steal anything? I say no, because you had no intention of searching that out particularly um, at any cost. And you're just like, oh, it's free, so I'll give it a run. And you didn't like it enough to where you just deleted the thing. So you, it's no loss to the company. You would have never bought it. You would have never given it a second thought. And you didn't like it. You didn't even, you didn't even get the enjoyment out of it. So they didn't lose anything. Really, yeah. you just played like a long demo for I a thing you didn't I even like. I'm, I'm less. But that's has to, you have to be on. But that that's where it comes into the like the individual person, and this is more of a theoretical, like philosophical conversation to where yeah. like well, is that person being honest with themselves? Well, I'm I'm less interested in that, um, like like that dynamic, mm-hmm. and I'm more interested in okay, you're gonna steal the latest, like or you're gonna pirate the latest, um, uh you know bethesda game or what's the assassin's creed yeah yeah, yeah sure like uh, ubisoft giant soulless corporations that like sure. if you, if somebody pirates a game then then nobody really cares about it like i'm i'm less i have less of a problem with that than somebody like pirating norco or night in the woods or or some some like small scale indie publisher that like is trying to make it and um they could probably i mean they could use the exposure no matter what mm-hmm. Um, but like they can, they can, they, they would definitely benefit more from purchases of their product and, 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 and getting more, I, like, I don't know. Well, Gabe guess, Newell, like, who, the, who the quote unquote victim here matters, like is paramount to me as opposed see, to the, the, the consumer experience. And then there's another philosophy on that in general, um, that Gabe Newell, the guy who, you know, owns steam who created half-life, he said, if you give, and he was right, if you give people a more convenient option, then um then uh, to purchase they'll just purchase instead of pirate because they're yeah. just being bored and that has and if you look at things like game pass and where you can just pay a, an amount and you play 
you know, a bunch of games for you know, one monthly price. Like, yeah, piracy of video games is almost non-existent now. Yeah, because so games are games. on PC. They're so cheap. Or Steam makes things really easy or, or whatever. Yeah. Like, like um, one of the things that's happening right now is that like uh, HBO uh, just like consolidated a bunch of its of its mm-hmm. stuff. Like it just deleted a bunch of like Sesame Street episodes uh, or it, like removed it from streaming. It didn't delete it. And, and part of that, like it, it, it kind of like cut off a whole chunk of it. Um, a bunch of CW shows or WB shows. I can't remember. But um, Warner Brothers shows. Um, that's really kind of like going to increase levels of piracy because you made it more difficult to watch these programs. You know, you made it more yeah. difficult to, to, to get this content. So piracy is going to go up. And unfortunately, what, what happens after that is policing of piracy goes up as well. Mm-hmm. Um, which, I mean, again... I don't care if there's, you know, no, a, I don't, a, I don't care either. I don't care I think, if there's a stream of, um, you know, WWE wrestling from 1993 running on Twitch 24 seven. I don't care, but like, I, I know that when that comes up, when that comes up, um, like Twitch might eventually use that, like YouTube does, and have like real time content modding and DMCA mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Which is, I mean, that's a that's that's kind of my example. Um, mm-hmm to exactly what i'm saying i don't care the piracy itself do- that more is my problem the piracy itself doesn't um it doesn't interest me it's the philosophical idea of how you have to be able to claim loss for digital goods and when i think only the end user can really decide when that loss is like just to, to, to wrap up just take that idea of people streaming old wwf wrestling on twitch so if I have no intention ever to buy the WWE network and I'm watching this on Twitch, well, how could I be stealing it? Because there's no loss and I never had an intention to buy it. I'm not going to buy, I'm not going to buy the network. Now, if the network would drop down to a price to where I'd be like, Oh, I would spend money on this, but I'm still choosing not to. Now I think you could talk about theft, but only the end user can know that for sure. Mm. Does that make any sense? Yeah, it does. Um, I just don't care about that. <laughs> yeah, I don't care. No, no, no. I'm saying I don't care. It's yeah. just a thought experiment. I, yeah. I, in the real world, I, I care less. Yeah. It's just a thought experiment. Yeah. Uh, well, anyway, um, one super last thing um, before we get out of here, um, and this is just going to have to be a quick shout out. The Memphis 7. Are you familiar with the Memphis 7 from Starbucks? They, uh, they were yes. basically seven they people. They walked on out. On the job. Well, they, they got fired, um, you know, a couple of about a, Oh, this has to be different people then. This is great because I can't even keep up. People getting fired, people walking out. This is great. They got got fired a while ago from their Starbucks jobs for organizing on the job. And they were ordered to be reinstated by the NLRB or by a federal Mm -hmm. judge, rather. Um, And then as soon as they got reinstated, they just decided to stay to walk out, which is awesome. (laughs) So base. So shouts out to the Memphis 7. Uh, We love you guys. Uh, and anything before we get out of here, Robert? Um, no. Pet your dogs and cats. Yeah. Uh, get your animals spayed and neutered. Get your animals spayed and neutered. Um, cool. Well, thank you for listening. This has been Good Morning Comrade. You are listening to WHIV LP New Orleans. We love you. Bye.